Welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. This podcast is a safe space designed to inspire and empower women of color to take personal responsibility in their health and mental wellness. So ladies, sit back and enjoy. This is our space. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. We are still celebrating all up in your business month. Yes, October, we are all up in the business, learning how we can support and empower those around us that are going through, that are breast cancer survivors, domestic violence survivors, as well as menopause. And today, I have one of my dear friends on the line, Angela Waller. Hey, Panda, panda. (laughs) (laughs) So those that don't know, my name is China Panda. She never says it. I'm always panda, 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 in your best future voice. (laughs) Hey, China. Hey, I'm so happy to have you on the line tonight. Happy to be with you, friend. Yes. So... If you've been to a Soul by the Pound Break a Sweat event, and we have a lot of listeners that are new to Soul by the Pound, but um, Angela has been such an inspiration to me because you really inspired my knowledge about um, breast cancer. You take advocacy to a whole nother level. We celebrated you at the event. I'm just so happy to tell you a story because I'm like, I feel like I'm still learning stuff about all the work you've done. So it feels good to share your story tonight. Okay. So... I always love to start off the interview and brag it. And now I get to brag on my friend. So <laughs> can I go ahead and read your bio to the listeners? Okay, read on. Let's go. So Angela Waller is Director of External Affairs, Office of the President for Cook County Government. She is Vice President and Chef Consultant at Catering Out the Box, which is the bomb catering company. If you're in Chicago, look them up. <laughs> um And she is also the founder and CEO of Elevated Survivorship. So Angela K. Waller is 51 and a 17-year breast cancer survivor. And she's dedicated to educating women of color about the importance of overall breast cancer and empowerment of patient advocates who who compelled her to really start her own nonprofit, ES, also known as Elevated Survivorship. She has a vision on inclusion, on informing African-American voices in policy, research, and advocacy at all levels across the cancer, a cancer consortium, which will also help her create more equitable healthcare system and change the narrative on breast cancer mortality. Angela currently is the Director of External Affairs of the Office of the President for Cook County Government where she is responsible for managing external relationships for Cook County Board President and developing community engagement strategies for the offices under the president. She also serves as a vice president chef consultant for Catering Out the Box. She has a heart for service and is a member of Chicago Metropolitan Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. (laughs) And she is a culinary school graduate and a foodie. She loves to cook, bake, and dine out. She resides in Chicago with her husband, Anthony B. Waller, who is the president of Catering Out the Box, which is a full-service catering company. She received her Bachelor's of Science in Mass Communication, Broadcast Journalism, 
with a minor in political science from Jackson State. She has a master's in communication and training communication studies from Governor State, and she has advanced culinary arts and bacon pastry certificates from Washburn Culinary Institute. You doing it all, my friend. <laughs> I am so excited because, you know, I really never, before we even get into the questions, I never knew the government, uh, how it like how it intertwines with breast cancer. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on today because we all, like, I think a lot of people just think of like, oh, I have to be there for a survivor. Oh, we put on our pink in October, but not really know the loss. And I really didn't understand the depth of the work you've done until like we became friends. So I'm so excited for this interview. Okay. Let's go. So Let's go. tell us, how did you really get your start in advocacy? I got my start in, and I'll dial back, dial back because when we talk about in terms of my employment, after I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I, or even go back before that, after my parents died from their respective cancers, mm. I quit my job. I was working at SkyTail. I know y'all remember that two-way pager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to culinary school because food is my passion. And so that's how I did that first career change. And then while I was working as a pastry chef, I was diagnosed with my own cancer. And then I made another career change. And that's when I got into the whole nonprofit healthcare space. Mm. And so in terms of the advocacy piece, when I got my first role, I started volunteering first at an organization called the Healthcare Consortium of Illinois, based in Dalton, Illinois. And it was founded by Salim al Nuruddin. And if folks wrote, read the book, The Audacity of Hope by uh, President Barack Obama, mm -hmm. Salim was the guy who taught the president how to be a community organizer in Altgill Garden. Oh, okay. So Salim was so... Um, just big on community, big on community organizing, big on really building relationships and starting programs and things of that nature. And there was also a woman who worked there by the name of Margaret Davis. She was very involved with the National Black Nurses Association here in Chicago. And she told me, I want you to be the face of breast cancer in Chicago. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, she said, you, you, you're not going to be an advocate. You're going to be an activist. Okay. And that's how I got my start. I mean, I started working with the state of Illinois, Susan G. Komen at the time. Um, but it was just these lists of breast cancer organizations where I was always speaking. You know, they would invite me and I would tell my story and I would meet all these different people. And that's just how I got really involved in the work and understanding the space of breast cancer and, and how we'll, you know, we'll get to talk about, you know, the, the walks and the fundraising, but it's so much more than just that. And that's where how the advocacy really takes another level. Yeah. 
that's something I definitely learned just watching you and watching the work that you've done. Like it's a whole nother level than just the walks, but like, how do we get government involved? Like all of those things I saw you do. And I want to ask you this, what really, I mean, obviously the loss of your parents, I'm sure has impacted your journey, but what is it that really keeps inspiring you to take it to the next level and the next level outside of just going to a walk and put it on our pink, you know? Well, that's really uh, why I started Elevated Survivorship. I was involved with the congressionally directed medical research program with the Department of Defense, where they actually ask breast cancer survivors and caregivers to be a part of the grant review process for the funding that comes out of the Department of Defense. And most folks don't know that the, the Department of Defense, the DOD, has a budget for not only breast cancer, but for other diseases like traumatic brain um, uh, injuries and prostate cancer. And so researchers actually submit requests to the Department of Defense to fund their research. And the only way that they can get the money is if they have individuals who have experienced the disease or area of impact to be a part of that review process. And so as I was in Virginia uh, reviewing some grants for the DOD at that time, and I had a Holy Ghost email is what I call it. And, you know, the (laughs) Lord just spoke to me and said, this is what needs to happen. Because of course there was only a sprinkling of African-American women involved in that process. And you know, like my father-in-law says, we were like flies and buttermilk. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, how can we get more women of color involved in this process? And that's the point of elevating our survivorship, not just focusing on walks and wearing pink and fundraising. And all that is great. I'm not knocking it. I did it. But at the same time, there's more. And so how can you really educate yourself, empower yourself Put yourself in a, a, a space of knowledge so that you can have those opportunities to review those grants, to talk to lawmakers, to really understand the science of breast cancer and also the policy of breast cancer and how it's really impacting Black women. And not just the physical part of it, but those other determinants that may impact how we are able to navigate this disease. If we have housing, if we have food, if we have child care. If we have people there to really help us get through our diagnosis, Mm -hmm. those all come into play. And it really is impacted by policy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we, I I said this when I launched So By The Pound podcast, I I didn't want this podcast to sit, like when So By The Pound first came out, it was like empowering women to take responsibility for their personal health and wellness. And then when I did the podcast, I was like, I don't want this podcast to just be like, what we need to do for ourselves. I also want it to be a call to action for what government as well as systems need to do so that we can live healthy lives. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those outside of us just holding ourselves responsible. Um, in your journey, what is one thing that you, um, and this is going to be probably a loaded question, but in your journey, what do you feel like is something that black women need to know in regards to breast cancer, whether it's survivorship or just simply supporting those who um, around us, who loved ones who have experienced it? I think one thing 
that that just popped in my head is breast cancer is evolving and so the breast cancer that my mom had is not the breast cancer that i had and the breast cancer that the woman who's going to get diagnosed tomorrow is not going to be the cancer that i had because it's evolving. I mean, it's been 17 years since I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer, one of the most deadliest breast cancers for young African-American women, but I survived. And so I need to understand there's a level of responsibility that comes with that. And so women need to understand, know your bodies, know what's going on in the space, take the fear and Fuel it with questions, be inquisitive, ask around, talk to people, understand that it may not necessarily happen to you, but it may happen to a friend of yours. And you want to be able to be equipped with as much knowledge as possible so that you can support them. And God forbid that if it does happen to you, then you know how to to navigate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of these episodes, whether it was like mental health or now we're talking about breast cancer this week, I think the number one thing that stands out um, is that really just advocating for yourself, like really speaking up for yourself. Because sometimes, what well, you got to get one or two, three diagnoses or whatever it is, is really advocating and saying, hey, this is what I feel or fear. Do you have any tips or anything that you provide those going through it, like how to really have that conversation, whether it's with their loved ones or with a medical professional? Absolutely. It's like you said, it's, it's speaking up because especially when you're dealing with women who are young, I was diagnosed at 34. So even though I had a family history, it's oftentimes where folks don't have a family history and the doctor is hesitant to to act upon something that you felt or a, 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 a fear that you may may have. And so it's really about having meaningful conversations and backing up what you what you know with what you know in your body, mm-hmm. what you know in your mind with what you know in your body. I feel a lump. I know that I am of X age. I need to get screened or have an ultrasound for breast cancer. And so if you get to a point where someone is not listening to you, then talk to someone else within that medical facility. If you can change the medical facility, because we often we often say quickly, you know, get another doctor. That may not be the, an option for someone. They may be on an HMO and they can only go to that one physician. And so if the doctor isn't listening to you, go to the nurse, uh, uh, the charge nurse. Find someone in that facility who's going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I just did the math for you <laughs> while you were talking. I'm like, you really were under 40. And they keep telling us this whole thing of like, when you're 40 and older, get your mammogram. And I'm finding that's not even the case anymore. Like, it's really younger and younger women are being diagnosed with breast cancer. And it's also understanding that you need to know your family history, mm-hmm. need to ask questions, need to know that familial breast cancer, meaning if your mother had breast cancer, 
Because I'll use me, for example. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer at 42. Wow. The conversation now in the medical field is if someone is diagnosed with a cancer, their first line relative, their daughter, will need to start getting screened 10 years earlier. Wow. So instead of 40, I needed to start getting screened in my 30s. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 34. Had I had a daughter, she would need to get screened in her 20s. That is crazy. I so even- that's why, yeah, that's why we're seeing younger and younger women being diagnosed with breast cancer because of that lineage. Wow. What, Angela, what is one thing you wish that you knew sooner, like on this journey, whether it was your personal journey or whether it was really doing this work? What is one thing that you, or it could be multiple things that you really wish that you knew sooner? To to really ask questions, to be that advocate, because I can think about when my mom's cancer recurred And at that time, she was metastatic, but I had never heard that term before in my life. And so I went to her doctor with my aunt, who was, you know, part of the the journey with us. And and this is another testament to the systems and structures that we have to fight within the healthcare system. A white male physician, we went to him to ask about my mother's care. His response was. And this is no joke. Mm -hmm. Your mother has metastatic breast cancer. She's going to die. Oh, my gosh. There was no bedside manner. None. None. So it's it's what 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 I want to know. Well, wish I had known is to be that advocate then, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. particularly for my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is what has inspired you to keep going on this work. Oh my gosh. Um, so I know this time is like a busy time. October is so busy. What do you say like for those, how can people support, whether it's family, whether it's, how can we, those like, you know, those who support survivors and those who, how, what can we do to actually take this a step further in our support? There are organizations. I'm sorry. I said, I just threw that in because I feel like now I need to do more. (laughs) So sorry. That's okay. I mean, it's a number of organizations that are directly involved with with policy. There is um, Susan G. Komen, of course. The American Cancer Society has the uh, Cancer Action Network, Sisters Network, is heavily involved in working with lawmakers. There is the Touch Breast Cancer Organization that just uh, founded the uh, Black Breast Cancer Agenda. And so it's a lot of movement that's out there. Elevated Survivorship, you know, I'm trying to move the organization along where the focus for us is really about that education, that empowerment of, of survivors and turning them into patient advocates so that they can be a part of that DOD process so that they can understand the science of breast cancer and also just what policy work and how our voices 
impact how how laws are made and how how policy really impacts the way that breast cancer can be looked at, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you say that it's like breast cancer is evolving. Are you saying more so? And I know it's multifaceted, but what would you say like the biggest way that you've seen it besides like the diagnostic age and the new science that they're finding? What are ways that you're seeing like it's like really changing for each generation? Yeah, it is definitely the, the treatment modalities are different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the survivorship, of course, is is more. Unfortunately, black women are still, you know, on the on the on the back end of it in terms of the, the death rates, but it's not what it used to be. And so there is some type of breast cancers where we're really seeing it as a chronic disease versus someone who is going to instantly die Mm -hmm. of the breast cancer. So there are so many different treatment options available for women. And so it's more so about the science, about the conversation. You know, folks aren't in the closet anymore about talking about breast cancer. We're we're talking to our families and to our daughters and our our moms and our girlfriends and churches are being getting involved in so much more communal now. It's it's not a secret. Yeah, I agree with that because I never knew, probably more recent, I've never known so many women that have battled breast cancer, particularly black women. And I did not know till years later. And I'm like, it was something that was like, hush, hush, because everybody wants to be, you know, you want to appear strong. You don't want to stress people out or, or it was just like family business. And now I'm so happy when I see more people are like celebrating it and telling their testimony because there's so much transparency with that. And like you said, we still have the highest mortality rate. Like that's still mind blowing to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's day and age. Oh my goodness. Um, So where can you share like the information for, and I could actually include this um, in this, in the notes of this episode, but can you share where people can find more information about elevated survivorship? Sure. We are on Facebook. On Facebook, it's of course, but also at our website, it's www.elevatedsurvivorship.org. So that's E-L-E-V-A-T-E-D-S-U-R-V-I-V-O-R-S-H-I-P.org. So elevatedsurvivorship.org. It gives you the mission and the vision of the organization, the background of the organization. You can sign up for our newsletter. And right now the focus for me is building partnerships and getting funding so that we can strengthen an actual curriculum for our patient advocates so that they can be able to elevate their survivorship. Yes, yes, yes. Any final thoughts you want to, and I do have, we do have one more part of this interview, but any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners to take away. This is, I always say like, you're like a bag of gems. So any final uh, thoughts or anything that you want to share or that like, here, I want this to stick with our listeners. What I want to stick is that breast cancer is different for black women and that we have to be ready to deal with it for ourselves and for our sisters. And so ask the questions, get the knowledge, be engaged. And if God calls it down your street, 
be prepared to answer the call. Yeah, that's so true. That's why I, I named October Get All Up In Your Business Month because if your sister going through it or if you going through it, we all in the business, and respectfully, but we go get all of your business and find out how we can support each other. So Absolutely. Be yeah. your sister's keeper. Amen to that. Okay. Now, one thing that we do at the end of every episode, Angela, is a soul star tip. So a soul star tip is an action item that our listeners can put immediately into play as soon as they finish listening to this episode. So what would you say is your soul star tip for this episode? Visit elevatorsurvivorship.com and click on join our newsletter. Stay in the know. There you go. (laughs) I was writing it out as you were saying it, so I'm definitely going to click on it because you definitely are full of resources and we definitely need to support your organization and make sure that it is in the forefront as you are providing all of these resources and tools um, for survivors. So this is really good. I just want to thank you again for such an awesome interview. And I was happy to hear your story. I've known you for this time, but I was like, this is like all new information for me too. So I want to thank you again for taking out the time to visit Soul by the Pound podcast. Thank you, China, And I am ready for another uh, break a sweat sweat for breast cancer. What's going on? Come back to Chicago. We miss you. I know. So I am planning something for 2024 because it does not feel like October. We're not breaking a sweat for breast cancer in Chicago and in New York. We have one in New York. So I will be sure to make sure that is on the horizon for next year. So we can break a sweat for the cause. (laughs) Awesome. I miss you. I miss you too. How's your dad? Wait, hold on. Let me end the episode. (laughs) (laughs) He's good. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this great episode of Soul by the Pound podcast. And we will talk to you soon.